Welcome in again, everybody, to the Dogs Football Podcast, the 21st edition, the Illinois State Recap. I'm your host, Nate Malandro, to my co-host, as usual, Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on today? It was another great crowd at Suzuki Stadium this weekend, and at first it did not look great for everybody. Uh, I'm sure everybody there was pretty uh, uh, wondering when we were going to get going. We'll get into that, but Noah, we, we found our way in the second half. Yeah, it was a slow start for our offense. Uh, defense was able to keep us in the game. That's I give credit to that Illinois State team and with their possession, their time possession, and uh, their defense really be able to really slow us down from the get-go. And uh, we had a punt blocked, and our defense was able to only hold them to field goals, so that's even better. Yes, and another slow start for the offense. It was kind of that way against Dayton. We'll get into the a uh, little bit of the play-by-play and how this game turned out. Yeah, a rough first half, but we won by a score of 35 to 17, an 18-point victory. We recall, if everybody remembers, on the Friday the preview episode, there was not a spread yet. It really never is for our pre-shows. We always just talk about it in the post. But no, it was a what 16 or 16 and a half spread. Yeah, it ended up being about 16 and a half. Right by again, game time. By kickoff. And we won by a score of 35 to 17, 18 points that we did cover. And if everyone also recalls, we took, because we knew whatever the spread was going to be, we were going to take the us minus the odds and the over. And those hit again, though, didn't they? Yes, they did. That makes me 8 0 on the year, and you're 7 1. So uh, at halftime, we were sweating about it. So that, our, uh, our boys picked us up. Yeah, and we were at the very end. Uh, yeah, uh, or from the very from the very beginning, it was. Uh, I remember tweeting about. We tweeted about how if you took the over, we feel sorry for you because obviously we did. It did not look great starting out, but we found a way to get it done. And yes, you mentioned our records. We are hot to start this season. Uh, so let's get into how this game went. As we said, they won the coin toss and they deferred in the second half. So we thought, you know, obviously. Most of the season, we've it seems like we've won every coin toss, and for the second half, we know as we talked about many many times, that's what Nick Hill prefers to do all the time. So we got the ball first, and you know, we thought, okay, let's set the tone, but nothing in this first drive. You know, Landon kicked it off with almost a 30-yard catch, but then nothing came. We punted, so we go here comes Jack right away. They punted on their first drive. They got negative yardage. Again, nothing going for us either. There's multiple punts, 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 punts until Illinois State fell on the board first. Uh, says for only a minute because they got the what was this? This was the block punt on Jack, right? Yes. Was this? Yes. At this point of the game, where they got the great field position, but we held them for three points. Noah, as we know, we we take pride in our punting and take pride in our uh, 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 defense for it and our coverage, but it did not work out. But it we we handled them on the field goal, which was big. Yeah, not sure uh, what slip-up we had on special teams there, which we take pride in, and I'm sure we'll get that fixed and won't happen hopefully ever again. So, uh, yeah, and our defense really stepped up. That was a big – probably one of the one of the big, bigger plays of the game or bigger stands of the game right there when we held them only to three points. So that's a win for us right there. Yes, and Nick Hill mentioned that after the game we'll get to on. That was one of the big – uh, three plays of the game in his opinion. So yeah, we noticed because they didn't, didn't get any yardage on those four plays, barely lasted over a minute, and we were able to hold them. So that was great. That did set the tone, I feel like, because we couldn't get going offensively that that was going to do it. But we punted again. We got a 20 yards out of it. Got nothing, and they punted again. Punt, punt, punt. And then the end of the first, 
Right into the first quarter, it was 0-0, and then right out of it, they got the three points. And then, Noah, they had a 74-yard drive for a touchdown. They got going. They had a really, really good freshman running back who found his way. Uh, and there was there were a couple penalty, penalties on this one, Noah. P.J. Jules had a big penalty. One that obviously he didn't have to, like, that shouldn't have happened. You know, he was he was playing coverage on the receiver. Should have just kept him on the sideline and looked for the ball. But it was a big flag, one that didn't need to happen, right? Yeah, it was one of those things. Um, not sure if he knew right away he was beat off the line and he just pushed the guy to stop a long touchdown. But, uh, yeah, because you see that sometimes on DBs. If they're beat, they'll just grab a guy. So they'll stop a long play or a long touchdown, easy touchdown. So uh, it was just one of those plays that, Maybe I'm not sure. I didn't watch him run off the line. I just saw the ending where he pushed the guy. And uh, it could have been a smart play in his part, but they ended up getting points on that drive anyhow. Yeah, and we, we figured because most teams we've played so far this season are not known for throwing the ball at a real high level. So the one time, of course, that they do, you know, our defense and our DBs have to stay on their toes. And they get the best of PJ there. And that reminds me, before they even score going back, and when they had a huge drive but didn't get any points out of it, that there was a penalty, Noah, that was kind of weird, one that we ha- barely have seen before. And that just reminded me that disconcerting signals, they got them a first down. Obviously, they ended up punting. But, Noah, that was weird because Kevin Galatian, you know, it's just the typical uh, movement on the defensive line, the shifts. And it looked like one of their offensive linemen did the almost the exact same thing. So, I mean, how many times have you heard a disconcerting signal before? I've heard it a couple times. Uh, some most of the time they don't even use that verbiage. They use, they just call it like encroachment or something because of the defense makes the offense move or something. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's you hear it a couple times, but very rarely you hear that. So it was uh, to me the I, our defense shifts a lot like that and so is Illinois State so I'm not sure how you can pick that apart out of others yeah out of other instances I mean it is the rule so I guess it's the right call I don't know you just don't see it because defense shifts shift like that all the time yeah and that was just one of the weird penalties and you're right it, it does happen so maybe it was the right call but we know throughout the game shaky officiating per usual you know we know some fans that were around us were uh uh you know, yelling and, you know, feeling the same way, but definitely getting it out there to hopefully they could hear them. They couldn't, but everybody was feeling the same way. So after that, and they got their touchdown, that 74-yarder, like we said, the penalty on, on PJ, and they found a way. Paley Brown had a run. They got just right up down our throats. That was really his drive near the end, though. Paley Brown. Yeah, they have a... They had uh, three three running backs that got some work, and they've done a they did a nice job. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I think he he had eleven attempts for the day, so uh, that was a good drive for him. This was the point, and then right after that, it was the point where we thought it definitely maybe wasn't going to be our day, and we knew we had to get this game to kick off conference season. It was not looking good. Only eight yards on our next play, and Nick. Baker uh, got intercepted. He found Avante before that on a, on a quiet day from Avante, but got intercepted. No one, if do we both recall? He had two picks on the day, but the first one, do we recall the play that happened on the interception? 
Yeah, it's uh, it was the same play. Uh, Nick Hill mentioned it. Uh, Nick, it was the same play we ran in the second half, the big play to Isaiah. But this one, uh, Tice was double covered, and he just threw it up to Tice, and it was picked off. It, that's on him. Um, I think the other one w- was just a nice play by the defender. It wasn't really too much on Nick. But, yeah, this one was on him. He should have never thrown that ball. Uh, I don't know if – because I think Nick has sometimes with his heights has a little bit of issue seeing over the line. Not sure if he didn't see him or if he was just trying to force something in there to Tice. Yeah, and it's strange, you know, knowing that, you know, obviously his first reads are always his main guys, and then he finds, yeah, over the middle Tice, who we know can catch the ball, we know can be a big factor in the offense. Yeah, when he's double teamed, you don't make that decision. The pocket was collapsing on him a lot in this game, so maybe it was kind of a forced throw, but he was probably eyeing him probably. A little too long, and you never want to force in the double coverage, obviously. So that ended the half right out of the uh, right out of half. And we'll mention what Nick Hill said that you know he didn't really get into his team much because he knew what they had to do. You know, it was an unfortunate first half, but then they came out knowing. Obviously, we know Illinois State got the ball, and Jackson wearing a lot. He was on a lot. Another they just ran the ball a lot on this, and. Uh, 75 yards, no, almost three minutes to kick off the – to make it 17 to nothing. We thought at this point, obviously, still it was like, okay, we – you know, defense is – you know, offense put it in situations at times, obviously, and we'll get to that, but Nick mentioned how they weren't great on first and second down. So then they got them in bad third down uh, situations and had to punt, so the defense had to work hard. But, no, right out of the gate, 17 nothing, it did not look great. We were talking about that. Yeah, it was not a – you would think uh, your our, the team's goal was coming out of that half to get a, get a good three and out and get the our offense the ball so we could put points on the board and make it a 10-7 to ball game. And that's they just do what Illinois State does. They line up with multiple tight end sets and they run the ball down your throats until they score. And that's just their type of game. And um, – it's just that's how powerhouse football goes, especially in the Missouri Valley. So they're going to have a lot of physical games. This was a physical game throughout, and they just they had a nice long drive. They had a couple long drives. Some resulted in no points for them because they turned it over on downs, but still they just they know how to get their defense rest, and uh, sometimes we need to do that. Yeah, you're right, and they did have huge defensive linemen, so they found their way through our uh, pretty reliable offensive line. But, Noah, we mentioned that, you know, when it was 17 nothing at that point we were like, oh, no. But, Noah, we finally were able to bring a ball out of the end zone on a kick return, and we made the most of it. No, Isaiah Hartship, as we know, just a big old playmaker, especially on special teams. And we knew it coming to the year that he was going to have a huge season in that regard. Noah, 70 yards. But then there was a, what, a, a sideline interference penalty they brought us back 15 from to that point, but Noah Isaiah for 70. That obviously kickstarted our offense. Yeah, that was good. That's a spark play we needed. Uh, Isaiah, um, we saw it right away. He he he's usually on the right on the right side and returning left, and we saw the big open field he had, and uh, it was a great play. Not sure exactly what the interference was on the sideline. Usually you see a sideline warning or something, but it was it was a penalty right away, so not sure what happened there. Yeah, and you know we know they like to celebrate obviously after a huge play, and I I think from our vantage point where we usually sit up to the top, kind of caddied from the field, that uh, 
obviously when it got close to the sidelines and maybe a coach or somebody was staying a little too close that maybe, you know, because he tried to stay inbounds and worked his way out, maybe there was something that we didn't see. But it was obviously one of those calls where we were like, come on. So that obviously got us going on. We scored on our next drive finally to get on the board. A lot of throwing the ball when we couldn't really get anything going offensively. And then Landon finished it up with a seven-yard touchdown. And this was, At this point, we were going to mention – before this, earlier in the game, when things weren't looking good, that Landon got his 2,000 uh, career receiving yards at one point. But this reminded me because he had a touchdown over seven yards. Yeah, shout out to Landon. He's a, he's a pillar in this foundation we have bit he, built here at, at SIU. Young wide receivers looking to play somewhere, seeing guys like him, Avante, saying, hey, these guys have made careers at the position – here, so why can't I? So that's a great pillar and uh, foundation. He's going to continue to get better, though. Without a doubt, and they preached that at the end of the game. Um, so that set the tone, obviously. Uh, the kicker turned in, getting this touchdown, and then this right here, Noah. They worked their way right downfield, Illinois State did, on a huge gain, 40-yard gain from Cole Mueller to get – down into our zone, but our defense stand or stood tough, and it was a huge fourth and one call. They said, okay, we could easily kick the field goal here, but they know the situation, the momentum that we're riding, the team we can be offensively, that they said, okay, yeah, we're not going to – we're not definitely not going to just take the three points. You never know. We can miss it. The wind wasn't too bad that day at all, really, so I don't know if any of that played any factor. They just wanted to, you know, keep rushing down our throats, and no, we stopped them on fourth and one on a huge play. It looked like – from our vantage point, obviously, it looks like maybe they, it, was, it was just such a close call that they uh, got turnover on downs. Yeah, I believe that was the second time they went for it on that drive. They converted the first one. Yeah, going back to that big play, another one, um, Nick Hill mentioned it on his press conference today, one of the bigger plays of the game. Opposite side corner, P.J. Jules chases Cole Mueller down to save an easy touchdown. Yeah. So if it's not for PJ and Quay running him down from the backside, that never happens. Yeah, PJ ran all the way across the field. Yeah. So shout out to the effort. And I know, you know, the coaches and everybody in attendance definitely admire that because he was definitely going to score or found a hole. Uh, and then this guy is going again, Noah. 94 yard drive, barely almost four minutes to cut it to 17 to 14. A lot of action, but it ended on an RPO to Donovan Spencer for 40 yards. Nick Baker mentioned after the game, obviously because Avante wasn't having a great game, he barely he didn't get involved on this drive. They they had a good day on him for sure, and you know the the pocket pressure didn't do it any justice as well. But Avante was apparently yelling at him that you know to throw him the ball on that, but he handed off to to Donovan and he found a hole in over forty yards. We've talked about before. It's great to see Donovan come back and be the player we know he could and was coming out of Western Carolina. This is a player he could have been. He brought the experience, but he brings talent, and he is really explosive, 40 yards. Yeah, we really have uh, almost four different types of backs uh, that can hurt you in all different types of ways, and his explosiveness, just like his his quickness is just unreal, and he just exploded up the middle for a big touchdown. That's what we needed. And, yeah, speaking of Avante having a quiet day, Clayton Isabel, who we mentioned in the pre Previewed uh, Illinois State. Shout out to him. He done a great job and one of the best receivers in the country. Without a doubt. And yeah, Vontae was yelling him to throw. He wanted to get involved, but we know these guys aren't aren't selfish and uh, they cheer for each other's success. So after that, no, we cut it to three points. I'm gonna keep setting the tone more. They had a three and out, 
And then we get the ball back again. And here's where Nick Baker's second interception. They hit Isaiah quickly to almost first down. But then he, yeah, I tried to find Isaiah and uh, another interception. Yeah, uh, I think maybe this one, this was the one that was a good good play by their defender. But uh, I think this is another one where Nick didn't see the guy. He couldn't see over the yeah, line. Yeah, almost uh, threw right to him, it seemed like. Which with his, with his height, I don't know, you might want to – I don't know. You see some some teams with has a smaller quarterback. They try to roll your roll them out to, so they can see the field. But we don't really do that with him. We got real confidence in his decision making. And yeah, he just great play by the defender here. Yeah, and we did want to mention Nick's ability in the second half to step up in the pocket right before the line of scrimmage and get throws off. Definitely on big conversion plays. So after that, but you know nothing happened after that interception. We thought, oh no, here we are with whatever point in the game. And, uh, you know, getting that pick. But they got a punt. They got another three now. They didn't gain any yardage at all. And then we scored on a 75-yard drive here to keep it going. And it was ended. This is where Justin Strong got a, a big time. And this was – here's another huge play by Isaiah Hartrup setting the tone once more. No, over the middle, Nick found him. He threw it a little a little past him a little bit. And he was set on the post game that he was uh, – well, he said at first that obviously every, every throw he makes he thinks is on the money. But then he threw it a little bit ahead of Isaiah, but he stuck his left left arm out and caught that thing and even got hit and still got more yardage into Illinois State territory. And then Justin Strong had a huge run, uh, and then he set it up. And then Javon, of course, they brought him in on third and goal at the, at, uh, the two-yard line, and uh, the goal finished it off. Absolutely. He finished it off. Great play by, I think Mike Reese called it one of the best catches in SIU history, so that's a shout-out to Isaiah, his playmaking ability, and, yeah, finishes it off with Javon Williams, and shout-out to D. Foxworth in that formation. Yeah, we kept hearing the sideline yell, D, and he, we were seeing him standing over there to finally get in. He got in a time before that, but he got in on that one as well. And then Noah here to set the tone more. After we grab the lead, Short, short drive, only two plays, and then Jackson Waring was sacked by Jordan Burner. Your pre-dog defensive player uh, fumble that recovered by Anthony Knighton, who was also involved here at the late end of the game, Noah. But that was great seeing Jordan. We knew he was gonna, he, you know, they didn't have to do much in the Dayton game, but knowing that, you know, our veterans were gonna come up big. Yeah, our veterans uh, came up huge. Him and Anthony Knighton and Galatian were great all day, and even the youngster and. Giannini, who we've been pronouncing his name wrong. I think it's spelled that way, but yeah, we Gianni does sound better. I just think Gianni sounds better, but whatever it is, uh, he's been good all day. I believe he had a half sack, and but yeah, our two our two leaders on that defense were great all day. We'll get into more Anthony later on. Yes, and at this point, twenty eight unanswered. Uh, talk about adjustments in the second half, but we only had, we were at their 21 yard line after this two plays a quick Javon run. And then Nick found Justin for a touchdown. He was my pre offensive dog of the game. So both of our guys came through. We'll get into our post here shortly of the game. So just, you know, this is where we thought, okay, we had to nail the coffin and it was definitely the case after a minute drive that had six plays, barely over 20 yards that they had a turnover on downs again, Illinois state. Obviously they had to, at this point in the game, before it was over, they had to do it, and they did not get anything. Uh, he was sacked for a seven-yard loss to end it. And then, Noah, we kept just officially putting the dagger in. 
Landon got involved big time. Javon, a couple runs, Donovan stayed out there. And Javon found another run at the three-yard line for another touchdown. So Nico was pretty consistent, obviously, throughout. Nice on kickoffs, perfect on extra points. And uh, we didn't kick any field goals. But he was consistent on extra points, as we know he is. Then they turned it down again. They, you know, got a little bit of yardage. And then then Richie Haggerty Haggerty had a huge sack, of course. We'll get into him and uh, here in the in the post game uh, press conferences, so they turned it over again, and then that was the game. A final score of thirty-five to seventeen. Thirty-five unanswered. There was a tweet directly after the game from Mike that this was our what third biggest comeback in school history or something like that. He recalled a lot of games beforehand, but yes, being down, being down at half, getting shut out, which we never thought would be the case with our offense, Noah, at any point. So I mean, that is kudos to Illinois State Stevens. We know they always do, and they lived up to it. 35 unanswered, though. Talk about, like I mentioned, second-half adjustments that were made. Yeah, it's a shout-out to their staff, but uh, minus the uh, first play of the year for our offense going 99 yards, uh, our offense has been slow to start from the get-go, yeah. and it's kind of worrisome since it, but going into conference play now, even against Dayton, it was kind of slow, but... Uh, it's gonna when it gets going, you see what happens in the second half. We score thirty five answered unanswered, and that's just what we can do as a team. We, that the first half our defense played great. The first half our offense was just not getting going. So uh, that's what it takes for our defense, and our defense steps up, and we know we can rely on them if we need to to take over a game. And now our offense got going, and that's what happens. Yeah, our defense has been what we envisioned it being this year, without a doubt. And we've talked about on the pre that it was official that James Caesar was out for the year. So David Miller, he struggled at times in this game, but obviously, like I said, the one time they threw the ball, they got they caught PJ off guard. Uh, so they didn't throw it a whole a lot at all. So it's one of those things, but uh, they they didn't waver at all. The defense didn't in the, in the secondary, but definitely the front seven did their job. Um, as expected, like we said. So defense has been tremendous this season. Let's jump into this box score now. Knowing Nick Baker was pretty dang efficient. 227 yards, only had 11 incompletions to 21 completions. Besides those two picks, I mean, and the, you know, the couple of touchdowns. I mean, Nick, we, we expected him because what was he? Was he the Dayton? He was your pre-dog at the game, and he didn't have to do a whole lot once we got up because we were rushing the ball so well that game. But we're still waiting on Nick to uh, explode after his you know, great SEMO games. But he was efficient in this one, minus the two takeaways. But, Noah, I mean, we're looking forward definitely for him, especially before we play a great team in two weeks, that this week maybe that Nick can keep going and turn down on the turnovers, obviously, but get going at a high clip again. Yeah, we mentioned, uh, I believe it was after the SEMO game, that that was the most down-the-field passing we have seen from our offense which isn't usual because we our offense is a run-first offense, and we like to run the ball with our four-headed monster when healthy and our trusty veteran offensive lineman. That, uh, so we don't really uh, – Nick hasn't had the opportunity really to get going because we like to run the ball, and we've stuck to the run mostly. But uh, maybe here getting into conference play, we'll open it up a little bit for him and see what he can do. And I believe that one sack uh, – wasn't his fault. It wasn't one of those where he holds the ball too long and 
trying to make a scramble out and get sacked, it was uh, on the offensive line on that one. Yeah, and they talked about how the protection was really the main thing that they had to sure up, obviously, for second-half adjustments, and he did gave some criticism to the offensive line, but they came through in the second half for the most part. And, yeah, you mentioned how, yeah, I mean, we've talked before, and the team has so many times that we're a running team, and getting Nick involved and getting Abate more involved. He only had two catches today for however many targets, but, I mean, we do want to set the tone off in, or, you know, in the running game that opens up the passing game. But we know that the weapons we have and the quarterback we know can sling it everywhere. We need to do more in the passing. We need to, it seems about equal, but they know what the guys they have in the backfield that we need to still set the tones. But your offensive line, obviously, like like Saturday, it's not always going to be great, but we always try to find a way to, to uh, do, do great in both. So Donovan, him and Justin Strong got 10 carries apiece. Donovan made the most of it with his 40-yard uh, RPO, he averaged seven yards a carry, though, which is pretty dang good. Justin, obviously, five yards a carry. Uh, Javon, obviously, got more towards the goal line. We did see him more active at times. He was obviously as efficient and great in the uh, punt returns. As usual, we saw Avante near the end receiving punts. But uh, Javon was used as he should be on the goal line, got a couple scores. Landon had his usual run play in the nick. Um, you know, he hasn't been too great on rushing because the situations he's put in, he only had four for one yard. So overall, 144 yards on the ground. No, it wasn't anything like last week, but pretty good overall. Yeah, pretty good. Our line did a nice job for the most part. And 140 yard, 144 yards on 34 attempts, averaging 4.2 yards a carry for our offense and three touchdowns. So that's pretty solid for our offensive line, not where we want it. Uh, but uh, we probably I'd like to see us over close to the 200 yards rushing a game back to like we were in the spring. Yes, and like we said, it is warranted with how good of a defensive front Illinois State had. You know, against Western Illinois, we're going to have to see some more dominance. Hopefully we'll see because we've had pretty good success on the road so far. We'll talk about that at the end. Some receiving. Yeah, Landon, like we said, eclipsed 2,000 receiving yards in his great career. Him and Isaiah had seven catches apiece, 86 and 82 respectfully in yards. Uh, obviously, Landon had the touchdown. Isaiah had the great catch, like we said, one of the best ever, Mike said, uh, for almost 50 yards. He was great after the catch. Avante, we mentioned his only two uh, receptions. Justin had that one 17-yard for a touchdown. Tice. Uh, wasn't as involved. Like, yeah, I got the ball, forced him a couple times. He had three for 16, and then Donovan had one short catch out of the backfield. And we mentioned, because we sneak peek, uh, how great Anthony was at the end of the game. Noah, he had two back-to-back plays, uh, tip passes, after, you know, we got some pressure to the pocket, and he, their quarterback tried to find receivers, and Anthony just batted both those balls down. He also recovered that one fumble. So, Noah, it's always good. Obviously, and Nick, Nick talked about in the post, obviously, if you can't get that uh, pressure, you just got to fall back and play into coverage a little bit and bat those balls down, and he did a great job. He's done great at that his whole career. Yeah, that's that's a it's great athleticism to recognize the play because a lot of teams like to get the ball out quick, uh, which uh, with our quarterback's height, with Nick Baker's height, it's I'm kind of surprised because we get the ball out quick and I haven't seen it a lot against us, so uh, – Kind of surprised about that, but yeah, Anthony's done that twice in a row to halt Illinois State's drive on 
at, towards the end of the game. So that's great by him. Yeah, he didn't obviously get that uh, record-setting sack. We're still waiting on that. We, we hope one of these times he can get it. It's great if he gets it anywhere. But definitely wanted to get it at home. That would be a great moment. You mentioned before how great it would have been if he got it at Kansas State. That's really the only place. And obviously when it comes down the road and we play these great teams like we want two weeks, it would be great to have it there as well. So, yeah, overall, yeah, I mean, we can't expect any more from what uh, – what Anthony can do, especially when he's not obviously getting those sacks. But Jack had a great game, Noah, of course. He punted five times. He was punting a lot at the beginning, and he punted almost all in the first half. 217 total yards, 43 on average as long as was that 53-yarder. So Jack showed out. We mentioned how we don't want to see him a lot this year. We saw him a lot, and he made the most of it. Yeah, uh believe uh, maybe four of those were in the first half, four inside the 20, so – one of fifty plus yards, so that's great by him. We know, we know we like we don't want to see him a lot, but uh, we know we can trust him to pin somebody deep and with needed. Yes, and as we mentioned before, he was a pre-punter of the year, and I'd say with the uh, small amount and you know small amounts that he'd be able to do, we're not sure obviously he would get that because he wouldn't get the opportunities, but it helped his case in this game. Uh, now, no into defense before we get into uh, Illinois State's. Box score, Quay led us in tackles. He had 11 total, nine of his own. Uh, PJ, like I said, he was really active. He he was second. Bryce was involved. David was getting thrown in a lot of chance. Or Clayton made a lot. Pretty much our main guys. Zach Barola got in here. There's a lot of people that made tackles in this game. Obviously, it goes through special teams. and names a lot of people. But Quay sticking out, that's not surprising. We figured, obviously, him and Bryce would find their way to leading us in tackles, and I do wonder who leads us in tackles. We know Bryce had that great SEMO game where he had over 10 and Quay getting 11 here. I'd say those two are pretty knotted up at the top. So, Noah, yeah, defense, of course, you know, finding their way to the ball as usual. Yeah, we know we know Quay, and a lot of times Quay and Clayton, one of them were up by the line of the scrimmage since they want to run the ball so much against us, and uh, they were making plays from the – from their safety positions and uh our d line was doing a doing a great job of slowing the run sometimes but uh really uh they had some they didn't have a lot of big plays through the run game they had a couple nice gains but other than that we we uh held them in check for the most part yeah the defense definitely continues to do their part we'll be looking forward to them down the road and what these stats can be so now, Noah, let's, let's get into Illinois State. Obviously, we know they were a running team. They didn't throw it a whole lot. That one big play on the flag was really their biggest one. But Jackson Waring didn't have that bad of a game throwing, though, when he did. 13-24, 166, no touchdowns or no uh, interceptions. Obviously, he fumbled a couple times. But Mueller, Noah, he for true freshman, he is a stud. Uh, yeah, he is a great player. He's a hard-nosed runner. He averaged six. He was coming in the game averaging nine yards a carry. He got six point two against us, so that's pretty amazing. Shout out to his offensive line; they were pretty good. I know they had a couple guys going down with injuries during the game on that line, but the guys that came in filled in. Uh, they had a couple other backs that uh, got some carries, not not a lot of yards. So they ended up with one hundred seventy nine rushing yards on forty four attempts. That's three and a half yards a carry. So. 
two touchdowns on the ground for them. Yeah, and wearing he carried it ten times, had negative four, so that hurt their overall total. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they take other than that. They take those four sacks into that, which I don't understand why they do that to quarterbacks. But yeah, it's only if they like they, you know, they definitely scramble on their own. Yeah, sacks. It seems like it's tough to put that in the scorebook for this, but only whenever the quarterback scrambles out and tries to actually run for uh, yardage is where I think that should count. Ten carries is definitely a lot. Like we've said, our our uh, pass rush was, you know. Good enough. We know they had a big stat offensive line as usual, so maybe he did have to run out a lot. But either way, receiving, they did have a 100-yard receiver, Nagel. Nagel and Bailey were nice. They were nice. They 25 yards of catch from Nagel, 38-yarder on that flag. But, yeah, they, they were nice. So when they did throw the ball, they did it okay. They only had 166 of the team. So And they got a lot of people involved. So, we know they'll be a threat moving forward for a lot of teams, especially with that defense is really, really good. And we know with our offense that it was going to come around, hopefully, and they definitely did. So uh, final thoughts, Noah, on the game, except before we get into who was our dogs of the game. Yeah, not the start we wanted in the first half, but it's how you finish, like we always say. So it's a we're 1-0 in conference play, so that's big – Good start to conference. Uh, we're going to carry on from that second half and hopefully take it up to Western Illinois this weekend. Yes, and so our post-dogs of the game, we had a couple, right? We figured we'd agree on. It's hard to disagree at all on picking apart anybody. We'll, we'll mention a couple, Noah. First two on offense, we could both agree on. Yeah, uh, went with Donovan Spencer, had a game-changing play, and, and uh, Isaiah Hartrip another game-changing play. So those two big plays really got our offense and where we need to be. Yes, and it's one of those we talk about how our dogs of the game aren't always going to be the one who leads us in a certain category. You know, Landon had a quality landing game again. But, yeah, Donovan getting that 40-yard breakaway did. He led us in rushing, but that did. That definitely helped the momentum more and more. And you mentioned Isaiah with with that great catch, and he had seven catches as well. And, you know, him and Lane almost had the exact same game. But that catch propelled him to that as well. Obviously, that was huge. And how he is after the catch was great. Do not disagree with either of those two. Now, defensive. Defensive, uh, hard to disagree with these. But uh, our two guys stepped up all day, Jordan Berner and Anthony Knight. Yes, Jordan, as active as can be, obviously, with forcing the fumble and doing everything, getting a sack. And... Is active, as we know, he was your pre of the game, so we had a feeling, like we said, off the game, he did nothing that he was going to break or uh, do great, and he did. And then Anthony's two batted balls and just being active. There was a time, though, in the game, right, where Anthony was didn't want the second guys out there. He wanted the first team out there on some big defensive stops. He was waving them down to get off the field. So that's when you know they were going to zone in and be who they are, and they definitely made their mark. So... And then, obviously, the ever-important special teams, we did have two on this. Obviously, Isaiah sticking out with his 70-yarder had to be on here. That set the tone offensively. And then Jack, yeah, Jack with a 53-yard long, over 200 yards on five punts. You can't disagree with either of those. So we were both right. We were saying through the game, as soon as Jordan kept making all the plays that he was, and then it was like, and then obviously the next drive on those two plays, Justin's touchdown catch, we were both like, both of our dogs of the game were hit, and we were tweeting about it, so... Yes, overall, great game in every facet. I mean, definitely, we tend to be a – we had a great second quarter against Kansas State. And, you know, throughout these other games that we 
ended up, you know, winning by a big margin. It seems like obviously we did a lot of our damage in every point of the game, but this one's like, now this one will be remembered because of we were down 17, nothing. And we, and we not only scored unanswered, but made the, made the adjustments in every facet to propel to the win. Like we know we should have, because if we would have lost this game, no, it would have been pretty rough, especially against a team that we know is okay, but we know, you know, knowing the other teams we have to beat that obviously for our resume sake, we needed this really, really bad. So they came through again by a final score of 35 to 17, some post stuff. Uh, he talked, they talked to Nick and or both Nick's after the game. We'll talk about what some of the other players had to say when he talked to Nick uh, QB one preached how uh, the confidence never wavered. They did put themselves in great positions. As I said, and early downs to get to those third and third and longs that, you know, stunned them at the start of the game. He gave props to the defensive line. Uh, he felt that all Isaiah's play set the tone, whether it was obviously the kick return or the huge catch. Obviously, he mentioned how every throw he makes his own money and, and all that stuff. He talked about that RPO. He said, quote, when they have a whole team of fighters, no one on the team flinched. And, and, and Mike mentioned again, we mentioned before the game, how close Nick was to being top 20 in yards. And he obviously got that. Uh, he was obviously it came as a surprise for him because he saw Mike's tweet earlier in the week. It was a surprise to him. He's already in top 20 ever. And uh, obviously he felt good about that. Some other quotes here. Landon said uh, on a couple big plays, uh, some scrambling gone on that made him that got on his touchdown. He said, quote, as soon as I turned my head, the ball was there. The first thing I thought of was grab it. That was on the play, Noah, we didn't mention how it was a scramble play, kind of a broken play that at first they had to review to see if it was a touchdown or they reviewed something else. But it was one of those, yeah, that landed right in Avante and Landon's lap on a throw to Avante. Yeah, it was uh, – it went right – I don't know if it went through Avante's hands, but it, it went right by Avante, right into – both looked like they were diving on the play and right into Landon, I believe – they said they did a big old 10-minute delay review again. These reviews are getting ridiculous in all sports, but uh, they they ended up reviewing, I guess, targeting on, uh, I guess, one of their linemen hit Nick late or something. They reviewed targeting on that. Right. So we thought they were reviewing the touchdown, which it was clear that Landon caught it. So uh, they need to – the refs were bad all game. Yeah, and the replays they kept showing weren't – it was of the TV angle, so they, it's not like they had zoom in or anything. So that didn't help, you know, for the fans' point of view of seeing. So, yeah, Landon jumped right up and knew he caught it. Obviously, everybody trusted him. So they talked about that. They also talked about or Isaiah talked after the game. He said, I knew we needed a spark. I was really hoping Coach would say we could take that kick return out. I knew as soon as he gave me the signal to do it, I was going to make a big play. So, yeah, they need to feel like they need to do it often. You know, sometimes we try to avoid injuries on these, but we do want the good field position. We know he can put us in those good spots. Uh Nick talked about momentum swings. He said the fourth down stop was a big momentum swing. We had to have it. Our backs were against the wall. You just have to have the will to say they just can't get it. Uh, We mentioned how big this crowd was today, and Nick said that was just an all-around team victory. This is a really tough league. Everything's not just going to go according to plan and easy. We've said since day one, whatever adversity comes our way, we're going to do it together. Uh, he said whenever they were down at halftime, he said, I'm not a huge yeller. They know the standards and what needs to take place. Our leadership was outstanding. We all needed to just take a deep breath. And then obviously 
throughout the game, he preached and he talked about Nick Baker's confidence never wavers. You know, he's how proud he is of all that stuff. And Isaiah finished it with, this is really just the beginning. We have so much potential, so much in store. So, and when you talk about the videos, they show the game balls after the game, Noah, Isaiah obviously got one for what he did. They gave one to the whole defense, I believe, but they gave one to Jack. They said that he apparently lost an ant through the COVID season, so that was good. He mentioned how uh, sending that in the mail back home to Australia. So a lot of good moments. A lot of, you know, we we knew with the huge crowd and who we knew was there, going to be there again with tons of recruits. We'll get to that here shortly that this was a game that wasn't great. We didn't think it was going to be a deciding factor on how a lot of people looked at us. But obviously, either they had a feeling, obviously everybody like us knew that we were going to make a comeback. So going off of that, Noah, what's an update on – well, speaking of Isaiah got special teams player of the week after that game yet, or on Saturday, got it yesterday. What are the current records after this game now, Noah, that Mike tweeted today right before we went on about Javon and Nico? Yeah, Mike tweeted uh, – he does this uh, usually every Monday or during the week. Uh, he had some notes from that game. Uh, Javon and Nico – or Javon from Centralia, Nico from Johnston City are the only Southern Illinois area players to ever crack the top 20 in career scoring – Javon is number 10 in points with 198. Nico is as 11 with 188. Number one all-time is place kicker Craig Coffin with 379. Incredible. So, uh, which as a place kicker, that's a lot of points because uh, Javon gets six points every time he scores. So that's kicking three, kicking a field goal for three, or kicking an extra point for one. That's you only get so many points at a time. Yeah, and Craig had in those great teams from 02 to 06 with the quarterback play we had and the posi- and the skill position players we had that he got did get a lot of opportunities and he's made the most of it. It's crazy seeing Javon at number ten. We talked about how great a career he's already had and he gets a couple more years to keep climbing these record books and leaving his legacy. It's it's crazy seeing him at ten and Nico his long career at number eleven. So. Some legends walking before us in our program. We did want to mention, too, that Jeremy Chin was at the game. Todd tweeted before the game how he was going to show up, but he he didn't know where he was or whatever. We ended up seeing him walking on the field. He walked behind the team, you know, hugged, hugged a couple of coaches and stuff, didn't really get too involved with the players, obviously, during the game. Then they recognized him, Noah, and we talked before, you know, his Panthers are 3-0, and so and they just made a huge trade today. So they'll keep going off what they're doing. And obviously, you know, uh, Jeremy's a huge reason why he was pumping the crowd up when he was on the field there. Uh, absolute legend. And we talked before how big he is for the program in terms of recruits and not, well, getting us on the map, one, but two, the recruits obviously seeing that and saying, well, I can get to the NFL too if I work hard and play good. So, and the fact that he comes home and we couldn't tell who he was with, looks like another Panthers player that was with him. But he didn't stay for long. He got recognized. No one seemed like he got out of there. We thought at first that he was going to, He's bringing some bad mojo for the team just for some reason. As soon as he left, though, we kicked it off. So it's great to see Jeremy come back because obviously we know he just played in Houston, Texas um, on Thursday. So he, he's been traveling a lot and made his way back to Carbondale. Yeah, uh, not sure if he went off the field and went up back into the box. If they, I sure. Sure, I'm sure they maybe had a box for him. He was up there enjoying some free food and air conditioning or something. Uh, but uh, it was a beautiful day in Carbondale, though. Yes, and – 
it's funny, yeah, because we think, well, I don't think he would just show up. He want, I don't know if they coordinated him showing up to get recognized, obviously. I think it's – obviously he just – he had time because they had, obviously, the early game. He's got a, over a week before he gets involved with this next one. So he had time, and, yeah, he's not just going to drive all this time to just show up for a second leave. So you're probably right. He did probably go finish the game somewhere else. He's not just going to sit in the stands. He deserves an air conditioning box, yes. So now, no, we were we didn't know if we were going to get it in next Monday presser today, but we listened to it right before we got on here, and we want to point point a couple things he said. Just the biggest thing was he mentioned the three biggest plays that happened in this game. We've talked about most of them, and the first one was uh, as soon as we they had the block punts and obviously the defense standing up, only allowing them three points, which was enormous. He mentioned that, like you said, the, the P.J. running down Mueller all the way across the field. He said that was a big one. And what was the third one? Do you remember? Trying to think off the top of my head. Well, if we can recall just anyway, the uh, he might have said the kickoff return, but I think it was something else involving. It might have been the fourth, fourth and one stop uh, that we got huge along the way that obviously kickstart us as well. So, those are the things we picked apart most that he, you know, that he picked apart the three biggest plays of the game, which obviously were true. What are some other things Nick talked about? There actually were some big news. Well, big news we'll get to here in a second. Uh, injury uh, update. And a big time injury update, which, like we said, every week that's the one thing we want to know. And this was one that we did. We'll just jump right into it. One that we didn't think we'd see him for a long time, Noah, but it was known he got asked about Jacob Garrett's status. Yeah, he got uh, Todd Hefferman. Shout out to Todd for asking the injury question. Uh, Jacob, he asked about, he said, uh, Jacob Garrett, he's still on the roster. Haven't seen him all season. He acted like he had no clue what was going on, which we found out pre in, the, in camp that he had foot surgery and he was out for maybe the season. But Nick said today he's looking at returning uh, the Northern Iowa game. Which, as we know, is huge. That's about the timetable as Bryson Strong. Yeah. So we get those veterans back. Unbelievable. Yeah, we've seen Jake, Jacob along the way on the sidelines, either strolling around on that. We did see him because we ate Italian Village, the great iconic Italian Village after the game. We saw Jacob Garrett walk in. Uh, so And he obviously he didn't have his boot on. So obviously he's somewhat close. He's about a month away. So he's he's working. It'd be great to have him. That three hit him, A three-headed monster at tight end would be great. Uh, especially with, you know, the, you know, not sure. I mean, this is probably his – would be his final year, and or he's got another year. Do you know the, what's the status on Jacob's eligibility? He was listed as a junior because of COVID. Okay, so he's got so – he, but obviously he knows the – we have a large window for our success, obviously, but, you know, this year is pinpointed big time with the players we know that won't be here next year. So it's a big uh, reason to win, and he wants to be a part of it. That is great to see. And, yeah, we recall finding out about him in the first place is when Pat Poor was on with Ton on his podcast, yeah, before the season, talking about it. That's the way we knew about it because it's like one of those things with James. We didn't even know about it. We knew he was hurt. We didn't know he was going to come back because they don't talk about it until it gets known after the fact, way after the fact, that they need to be out for the year or out a long time. And, like, even Bryson, we didn't know until they interviewed Nick after a practice through the week. So they're really bad at letting us know about injuries, but this one obviously is uh, – Big time, as we mentioned, him and Bryce will be here around the same time. Yeah, I don't blame Nick Hill for not openly talking about injuries of his team. The, it's on the media, I would say, for not asking or finding out 
injury updates. They don't have to. They don't have to ask him on their his daily interview on Monday. If you can ask him toward to the side, a any injury updates and make a little tweet about it, that'd be fine by us. But uh, yeah, Saturday didn't see any real big time injuries. Maybe some guys are nick, nicked up, have some bruises, but no big time injuries like we saw at Kansas State. Watching James come off the sideline. Right, and even we saw Dante on the sideline with his brace walking around. It's one of those where, because Nick talked about his injury and they didn't know for sure if he was going to be after the year. That got confirmed a week ago or so or days ago. But, yeah, it's one of those, you're right, that uh, you know he's not going to go out of his way and say, well, guys, to kick this off, you know, he's blah, blah, blah. It is on the media to ask about it. Because uh, we talked about how that's one thing we want to know, and I'm sure everybody else wants to too, especially when – it's like an all-American defense. Which they may have a – as the coaching staff and media, they might have a unwritten rule, I guess, maybe. Something. Uh, there, I, there's got to be something involved with that. Why? Which, speaking of Deon, or Dante, that he's confirmed out for the year with an ACL. Um, Romir, still with a battling concussion. He was not dressed on Saturday, but he was still there. Um, then we just now found out about Jacob Garrett. Yeah, Nick mentioned he got asked in his presser about how they're going to fit in with Romir gets back and the four-headed dragon, but I think that was a, you know, he said obviously it's going to warrant, but they're going to ride the hot hand at times, obviously, and we talked about how not all of them are going to play. And barring, you know, because we didn't, haven't had them all, I guess, healthy, so maybe they all would play in a game. But we know the top guys that we have and Donovan coming back that it's good. But Romir's good in certain spots. We talked about it before how – much of a bowling ball he is and how quick he is. He can he can make he can make up a lot of yards quickly. So they're all healthy. They can manage to work them in. But yeah, they're gonna ride the hot hand a lot and we know who the guys are, so it will be interesting. And then another thing he was asked was about the impact of Glacian and Richie Haggard. You know, Richie Haggard had a huge sack yesterday. He talked about how important those guys are on the field and how important they are off and in the locker room and stuff, how hard they work. We know that with Kevin already we covered that a couple pods ago, but Haggerty, Noah, he, he mentioned how, is he, because we talked about how athletic he is, and Nick confirmed that he is the most explosive athlete on the team. Nick Hill did confirm that. So it's something that we had a feeling ourselves, and he made, and he talked about, obviously, his impact moving forward, because he will be the best edge rusher next year, and he's already, he's obviously the third best on the team at the moment. So, you know, I'm glad they, they asked about him, because somebody needed to talk about Richie Haggerty at some point. Yeah, uh, we've been mentioning him a lot lately. He made that outstanding play, athleticism, chasing down um, running back at K-State, coming from all the way to the other side of the field, and now he made a – he just shows up in timely timely things. He may not uh, – his stats may not show out on the stat sheet, but the work this guy's putting in on the field and off the field is unreal. I'm, I'm, we, we're, we got a big steal him coming from Miami, Ohio. Yes, the fact that obviously they weren't probably in good trajectory, so he wanted to get out of there. And, yeah, shout out to our guys for getting him in here because he will be a game changer. He already is. And for years to come, he will as well. Um, Also, uh, injury-wise, we confirmed with shoulder season injury, James Caesar. Yeah. Uh, Roger Campbell, haven't seen him all year, the Northwestern transfer uh, season-ending hip. And uh, we talked about him last or on the previous show. Jawan Blankenship has been dismissed from the team as looking to transfer. So I don't know. Uh, I assume he just wants to transfer. He's which we haven't seen him. We have uh, we have guys that 
are hurt but are showing up on the sidelines and supporting their team. So I don't like the words dismissed from the team. Yeah. That kind of makes me think that he, he wants nothing to do with any anything here. He just wants to get out of here that he made his quick stop and wants out. Yeah, it's true. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, we thought he would just transfer him because the fact that he would be healthy here soon via the tweets we know we've been seeing for him again. But, uh, yeah, dismissal of the team doesn't doesn't really uh, give off a good vibe in that sense. You're right. Also, so. uh, another injury I'd like to know, uh, Derek Harden Jr. has a big old brace on his leg and uh, one crutch. So, uh that's a key backup offensive lineman. I would like to know what happened there. Yeah, no one has talked about him. You're right. Um, but we know, you know, our offensive line's been fine at this point. We do have guys that fill in. So, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, you mentioned Roderick. Yeah, we, we've seen him. He looks like a coach down there. We saw him at SEMO in his jersey, and he's wore his jersey here and there. It is good to get confirmation on him. It would be nice to have this depth. We, we talked about at the game uh, that we were obviously – cornerback was, I think, the main – uh, position that we thought we were kind of thin at and losing Caesar and then re- losing Roderick who can do that and be a safety that that hurts and you know they did have Chance Bush on the pregame a couple days ago we didn't cover but uh, obviously he's going to have to pay dividends so it does stink and we knew Roderick was good at times last year and it's unfortunate that he's not going to be able to play so injuries have hit this team but as we know the Jacob Garrett news it's great to see that We'll be getting him and Bryson back near the same time in the big games. So, Noah, before we get into some new rankings this week, let's check in before we do that how every other Valley team fared this past week. Yeah, we got a round the the Valley update here. Uh, South Dakota State, uh, as they should, went to Indiana State, shut them out 44-0, a big old whooping on the Sycamores. That shows what type of team South Dakota State has. I would honestly say uh, they might be a little better with this quarterback they have, the grad transfer from Sanford. Um, Western Illinois, our, our upcoming opponent, uh, they got a big comeback win. Another, They got a comeback win as well this week. Uh, they went on the road to Youngstown, comeback won 38-35. So they have some momentum going into this weekend just like us. So that's key to look out for and uh, Missouri State hosted South Dakota got a 31 to 23 win against South Dakota so looking at the valley standings uh, North Dakota State was off um, so was Northern Iowa so was North Dakota but uh looks like starting one to know this you have South Dakota State Southern Illinois Missouri State and Western Illinois at the top of the leaderboard yeah, you, you mentioned there a couple buys that some teams had. We don't have ours for a couple weeks yet. We have a later buy. Yeah, and those are the ones you want. You know, we notice in the NFL they give those to, like, definitely the contenders because they want those fre- them fresh for the later games in the season, and that's the case here, we think. I mean, North Dakota getting one now. We know they're a quality team. We'll be seeing them down the road as well. And we under- yeah, the next game, we're, we're off for the next two weeks on the road, but we come back for homecoming. So we'll expect more big crowds then. So, yeah, you just gave the update on what other teams did and who was off. Now let's get into new rankings that we've seen overall for the whole FCS. Noah, the FCS had a, for the uh, Coaches Association, Sam Houston again staying at number one. For, this is for the main one. James Madison staying. I'm sure, I'm, I don't know how much of this has changed. Maybe Eastern Washington being in there. Were they in there last week? 
I don't really recall, but Eastern Washington, yes, they talked about how explosive an offense they have. Montana with that huge win weeks back, they're number four. South Dakota State, we see in two weeks, they're number three. North Dakota State, of course, number five. We are number seven. Can't disagree with this at all. UC Davis at eight. Villanova, we've seen them flip flop in a lot of uh, a lot of rankings the last couple of weeks, but no, they didn't. They got trounced this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, they went to Penn State. Reasonable. Penn State is a powerhouse this season. They got trounced, uh, which could be expected. I would expect us to an extent to get trounced by Penn State, maybe. But uh, Delaware at number ten. That feels up in North Dakota. You mentioned the bye sitting on eleven. Northern Iowa thirteen, and some other teams. UT Martin found their way. Them and Holy Cross tied at twenty five or twenty four. So yeah, Missouri State at sixteen. So. Southeast Louisiana, they will, I think, be consistently in the rankings all year. We know it was either us or them in the playoffs last year, that barn burner we had at home. Thankfully, we got that game. But overall, Noah, number seven, not too shabby. Yeah, uh, not su- not surprised, not shocked, not mad. But that's probably for now until we can get some of these big games on our schedule to get here. That's probably why we're going to look at yeah, and didn't FCS Nation Radio have one before? We have retweeted a lot of stuff. We go back. I'm not sure where it's at. Do you have it handy? It I'm not FCS sh- Nation Radio. They not had sh- us. Yeah, four hours ago, they have us at five. That's right. So With North Dakota State at six, which mentioning North Dakota State, uh, since we're on the Valley topic, that uh, two weeks ago at Townsend, all, MV- all MVFC defensive end preseason first team Spencer Wage has torn his ACL now for the year. So wow. just saw that on my feed. Wow, okay. So, yeah, so a lot of teams obviously see what we've been able to do. That comeback definitely should open eyes. Our, our trouncing a date and our ability to almost beat Kansas State, you really can't, you know, spy flaws in our season. You obviously can. You can with a lot of people. And that first half did not look good, especially being at home. But the comeback should, if your eyes were closed to that, your eyes are definitely open after the second half of that game. So we are where we are. Again, we're not upset. We will hope to be climbing these down the road, especially when we play in South Dakota State in two weeks. And then you and I coming after that. we got to take care of business against Western. We'll get to a little sneak peek of Western here at the end. Some little things, Noah, before we get to another big news, which, again, we were retweeting tons of it. We'll get to that near the end. We wanted to mention, because obviously we know Stone Lebonowitz left the program for reasons that we heard for work opportunities, or and he did have a girlfriend, and he obviously he's from Florida, and no one. It looks like he got a chance. He got a job with the Miami Dolphins, working at Hard Rock Stadium. If I recall, obviously we we say that because he in his profile picture he's got a suit on at Hard Rock Stadium. It says he is he works for ESPN West Palm Beach 106.3, a radio station down there. And Miami Dolphins GE. What does GE mean? I was trying to think of it. I couldn't really. Uh, think about it but that's what he's doing quickly off of football and working as we you know heard that he was doing so good luck to him we obviously we know we remember the Kansas State game would have been nice maybe to have him in our back pocket to try to win when things weren't going Nick Baker's way but other than that we haven't really needed him obviously and Nick Baker's our guy we're kind of confident in Stone Norton too if he needed to come in here so Good luck to Stone and his endeavors going back to his home state and doing some, looks like some really cool stuff. So wanted to get that out there. And Noah, do we have any, uh, we know Jeremy played on Thursday. Any other updates on the NFL Salukis? 
Michael Pruitt yesterday for the Tennessee Titans with their win over the Colts had one catch for about six yards as a key third down. Big play. He is blocking all all day. He's pretty much with Fersker injured. He's almost became tight end one for the Titans, so it's good to see. Ryan Neal did not have any tackles, but he played big special teams for the Seahawks. So, As we know, he is important for special teams. He did have one against your Titans last week that we remember talking about. So, yeah, good luck to, again, all of these guys and what they're doing at the next level. So now, Noah, some, another big thing. We want to talk about the huge recruiting that has been going on and all these visits these players have taken. We did have a couple commits for players that were at the game. Let's talk about that first. Yeah, big-time commitments we made. Uh, we got this weekend Saturday on our way home, actually, after after eating Ryan Schwindeman, a uh, he's an athlete, I believe, but he's a tight end for his main position, committed. He's out of O'Fallon, Missouri, so that's a big time to add to our tight end room. He's another weapon for our quarterbacks, and uh sure he's a good blocker. So that's a good start. He is our, what, our fifth commitment to, to start the year. Jimmy, Ryan, Brian, Jalen, fifth. He's 6'4", 235. He plays for St. Dominic out of O'Fallon, Missouri. So that's a big one to get us going. He had a, uh, I believe he said after a phenomenal – he quote he tweeted, after a phenomenal day get, or phenomenal game day visit, I am proud to announce that I am committed to SIU football. So that is big time. Uh, did not see him myself on Friday or on Saturday. So uh, – but uh, he's a big-time talent coming out of Missouri, so we've hit the Missouri hotbed recently. So that's good to know. I believe he, uh, his teammate Jackson Overton, who's uh, we had a couple of 2023 guys there as well. He's an All-State running back. He was along, along there with him, so that's another guy for 2023. So we're starting with maybe a little bit of 2023 recruiting, but that's a big-time commitment, adding to the tight end room for weapons. Um, then yesterday we got a – a big one, too, uh, if I can scroll through. Uh, Connor Lair, which we did see. We saw him and his parents there on Saturday. They, We usually sit up at the top of the, I believe it's Section 11. We sat on Saturday. We, we, it's usually where all the recruits and their families are. So we get to kind of see, kind of we recognize who we retweeted and watched a little bit of film on. But Connor Lair, um, a linebacker slash running back, committed he said i want to thank god and everybody who has supported me and encouraged me through this process after a lot of talks and consideration with my family i'd like to announce my commitment to southern illinois university so uh this is a big one uh what i see on twitter this is one of the top players in the area around missouri state so we stole one out of the bears backyard it is huge yeah we did see him he he's still out he's he looks like a nice player like you said he was there with his family so that comeback did a lot for these dudes. Um, did want to start out with that because it does build to their future. We talked about them on our both accounts. Yeah, definitely on our Instagram, and they gave us follows back. Everybody, again, do do like they just did. Go follow Dogs Podcast on Instagram. Uh, yes, so the skill sets of these players will play, pay dividends down the road. That's without a doubt. So, yeah, it adds to our commitment. We talked about them already, but uh, – now up to six. Uh, Jimmy Lansing was at the game again. He said he DM'd us that he was going to bring 
Ryan with him, or Ryan was there, and Ryan Shenley was there. No, he took pictures with some offensive linemen and uh, Olsen and a couple others uh, at one point, I guess, before the game or after the game, and he posted it. But he was up there. Yeah, they sat a little bit to the left of us up there, him and Ryan. Ryan stayed for the trip. We know he came from Georgia, so he uh, was, was going to stay. We did notice that Jimmy left at one point. He probably had other things to do. Uh, but it, the fact that they both still made the game, they were on the field watching the offensive line before the game as well. So it's great to see them. And Ryan was tweeting crazily after the game. So we're pumped that he's excited. So, yes, that makes six. Quick update before we get to who others were there because we're on the topic. What did some of our other commitments do this past week? Yeah, we had around the, I believe, uh, not a good weekend team-wise for our commits. Uh, it's hard to find stats for these guys, so uh, not sure because uh, they don't keep a lot of – unless you read into – a lot of papers want you to subscribe and pay, and I'm not doing that. So, But that's hard to find actual stats for some unless they tweet them out themselves. Right, exactly. They post huddle film or something. Uh, you're right on that. So really we bank on how their team does, even though individually. I'm yeah. sure they made their mark. I can tell you that uh, Lutheran North, I believe, they they beat Lutheran South 58 nothing. so our boys at Lutheran North got going. Uh, hope hope to see them someday over in Carbondale, maybe make a visit, come down, just like, and probably bring Jimmy since it's just, what, an hour and a half away yeah. from there. So uh, that's, yeah, a, that's another big one. It'd be great to see those guys here. Was on a trip we made? Was it the Kansas State trip? We actually drove by their high school. Yes, you drive it right back there if you're going towards uh, the uh, Saint Saint Charles area. Yeah, out that way. Out yeah, there we, towards we, the airport. We did want to mention that because we did see it. We haven't talked about that yet, so that was cool. So yeah, we know those guys are game changers. The season Brian Brown's putting up, and then we know uh, Jalen's a heck of a player. So cannot. Yeah, we hope those guys can make a game one of these times with Jimmy, as you mentioned, both all being St. Louis kids so like i said it's great to see ryan shanley there he stayed to watch the comeback great i'm sure he was texting jimmy like hey man you missed out on a great ending but some other players noah that made the trip and were posting like crazy that we retweeted all yeah we uh they are keeping us busy uh having to look out for these and make sure we show them that they give them some attention and make sure we know that they were there uh starting with nathan nathan rubel He's a line. He's an athlete, linebacker, running back, tight end out of Festus, Missouri. We've mentioned his name before. He was there. It looks like with his mom. So that's good to see. Um, who else was there? We had uh, Axel Diaz. Uh, he he posted a picture with a former high school teammate Branson Combs. It looks like he is a center slash defensive tackle. So uh, at uh, Evansville, Indiana. So that's right in our backyard almost. Um, we had a couple others, uh, mentioned Jackson Overton, a, a all state running back teammate of our new commit, um, Aaron Carl, he was there as well. He's a tight end slash outside linebacker from Galesburg. So that's up there North of Springfield area up there. Um, who else was there? Archie Cox, a wide receiver slash safety from Palatine, Illinois, so uh, he just posted his highlights. He had nine catches and a touchdown this week. So um, Jaden Tandy was there. He's a first-team all-conference and first-team all-district in 
conference special teams player of the year. So uh, it doesn't say his position. I believe he's a linebacker looking at his highlights. So he looks like a good athlete. He was there. Uh, Brock Baker from Johnson City, another local kid, tight end slash DN, class of 2023. Yeah, these guys, a lot of these guys got pictures with Jeremy. Yeah, it looks like uh, that is uh, the kid from Harrisburg along with him. Uh, Three-star offensive lineman from Newburgh, Indiana, Richard Myers. We saw him with our eyes, could not miss him. 6'5", 295. So he was there. He was uh, down on the field with the other guys and started started, uh, before in warm-ups. So we saw him. So that's a good one to watch. Uh, I, I stood right next to this kid, Aiden Morgan, a DN size linebacker. He looks like he's already in college. Yeah, he's, he's a, a he's, he's a, a he's a monster. He posted pictures. Uh, Gabe Hilliard from Carbondale, literally in the backyard of SIU. He he showed out. He's a running back slash DB. He was there. Jimmy Muka, I would pronounce it. Maku or Maka. Muka. Because it's an M A K U H. It's tough. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, quarterback slash shooting. Oh, he plays basketball. 6'3", 175. Another quarterback. That's interesting. Uh, Cooper Phelan. We saw him. 6'4", 330-pound offensive tackle out of Harrisburg. Uh, Cooper Stone, another quarterback. He is class of 2023. 6'1", 190. Out of Bethlehem High School in Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, Peyton Mazur. Huge. Huge. The kid from CZR, 6'5", 335, offensive lineman. That's a big one to watch. Uh, so uh, there might have been some we missed or didn't post. Yeah, there was, didn't we see uh, it was here or we saw the 6'5 quarterback? Who was that? I remember us talking about him. Um, whether he was here or there was something future visit or a good luck tweet we made to him or something. I just remember us talking about a 6'5 quarterback. I think that was before the game, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. I just recall that one. Uh, Cameron Lee was there on the field. 2023 DB wide receiver. Yeah. So that's another one. Uh, Maybe it was one of the quarterbacks already mentioned. Not sure. sure. We were like, yeah. yeah, how great would it be to have him six five? So not sure. Well, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people back here, maybe. A lot of people in attendance to watch a great comeback. Like we said, wasn't great start off for the look of us for some of these guys. And like we said, we talked about before some visits that players make in either sports. That once they make the visit, you want to like seal the deal at that time. And here he definitely is. for two of them, it sealed the deal on that comeback win. Uh, Who was he? Samuel Cornett. He was not there. It was just a uh, good luck this week. Right, okay. At uh, Frederick Douglass High School down by Lexington, Kentucky. Six six and a half, two twenty five quarterback. Uh, looks like he has six six and a half. Unreal. Butler offered him. That's one of his pin tweets. Uh, we talk about big quarterbacks. He's huge. We know Stone's got a good size. Lindauer, who's not playing, we saw him in a sling still walking around. Be nice to see what he can do down the road too. He's obviously still young, and he's got the the prototypical size. So yeah, uh, he's thrown for over a thousand yards a season so far, just in thirteen quarters. Eleven different receivers have caught a pass from him. So he just quote, retweeted a thing about him. Huge. So glad to see all those guys that we were wishing them luck, and they're getting it out there. 
that we are supporting them and the fact that they are all making trips. And it was huge this week on family weekend. So a lot of people showed out. We wanted to mention the tailgating outside was just as good or better than it was uh, even on the home opener. So a lot of people out there for family weekend, a lot of families involved. And having Jeremy there was huge as well, like we said. A lot of them took pictures with him. So great to see. We're hoping that the you know the, the fan base showed up. We did see the basketball team. We're hoping that they uh, – We had some big uh, twins on campus this weekend for basketball as well. So – um, we'll get to that when we talk about basketball next, but seeing some of the players walk in and go and support the football team again, we're hoping that the fan base and even football players show out for them when their season rolls around as well. So Noah, quick things before we wrap it up here in the doghouse is on the night from six to seven every week. Again, we will cover that on Friday for the, uh, the pre-show for Western Illinois and going now into Western Illinois. No, let's give a small sneak peek on what to expect. Yeah. Uh, they are, they are a, well, they were supposed to, they were picked to be the bottom feeder of the conference. Uh, they put, put on some fights in the games they played, had a nice tough schedule, but uh, one in three going in this game led by a six-year senior quarterback. So, yeah, they, they're a veteran team. Nick, you mentioned a little bit on uh, the fact that they do blitz a lot. We'll be looking forward to that because maybe they're watching film now of ways to, uh, collapse our pocket because teams are doing that pretty well recently. So I'm sure it'll, it'll obviously it's on the road. It'll be one of those, it's one of those games where we thought we, thought we should have had them at home because the game they canceled on us was at their place. They should have had to come to ours. We'll get into that more. It is a three o'clock game. You can watch it on ESPN plus this Saturday. We'll be looking forward to talk about them. So yeah, it, this, uh, just a little thing about it. That would, if you were to guess, this would, be the trap game almost for us it could be one of those yes we know every single time it seems like you always have a trap game the games you know you should win you know we because because we know about them we know illinois state was going to be tough and we knew we should have killed dayton we haven't played them in a long time so them coming in here it was kind of like maybe that could have been one but definitely the teams you know about the most that you know you should be definitely there could happen and nick did mention that that uh, if we don't play fundamental football, that they will beat us. So we're hoping that's obviously not the case because, no, we need this game so bad because a quick look ahead at South Dakota State, at home against North Dakota, at Northern Iowa, and then at home against Missouri State. Yeah. That is a juggernaut. We need this game really bad. That's cannot a brutal look, stretch. Cannot look past this team, though. No. And Indiana State had a rough week this week, as we said, and then we're at home, and then we host Youngstown to end the season. So need to take care of the business because we have a soft schedule at the end if we can get through this juggernaut we'll be looking just fine. So we'll get to all those games down the road again. So we'll focus on Western Illinois. We will cover them again on Friday. Stay tuned to kick off October. It'll be the October 1st episode, the 22nd episode. And this was the 21st episode. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. until we see you guys on Friday, the three and one Salukis going to Western Illinois, we will cover it. Stay tuned. Go dogs.